You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Welcome to the How to Win podcast. I am Minister Eric White. I am sitting in for Pastor Mike today. And I want to take this opportunity to thank Pastor Mike for the opportunity to share uh, the word of God uh, with you today. But I also want to take this opportunity to ask you that are viewing us on Facebook that you would take the opportunity or take this chance to share uh, your Facebook with someone that they'll have the opportunity to hear this message. I believe that I have a powerful message and a life changing message for you today. I believe that this is a very important message that we need to hear. So share. Also, you can also follow us on uh, if you have uh Apple phone, you can go to the Apple store and download it from my, uh, the iPod uh, uh, Center. Or if you have a Samsung, then you can use that to go to the Google store and also and uh, download. So uh, today I want to get started with a message on today that is entitled The Enemy of the Kingdom. And I think that this is a very important message. The message of the kingdom of God is vitally important to the world that we live in because it is essential to the world's transformation. The kingdom of God was the first message. Listen to this. The kingdom of God was the first message that Jesus preached. Not only that, but it was the primary message Jesus preached. So if it was the first message and the primary message that Jesus preached, it must be important. Jesus also taught that we are to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God possesses everything or every key to producing a healthy, productive, successful, and above all, impacted for life. Not only for us, but for others. God wants to use us to promote, advance, and expand his kingdom here in the earth. That's good news. But I want you to know that there's an enemy that wants to stop the promoting, the advancing, and the expanding of God's kingdom. There are weapons that the enemy uses to carry out his agenda. One of those weapons I call the weapon of mass destruction. The object of this teaching or me sharing with you today is how we can disarm this weapon and continue to promoting, advancing, and expanding the kingdom of God. See, the 
message of the kingdom is the only hope for humanity today. Again, I want to uh, say to us, think about this. Jesus, Jesus, primary message was the kingdom of God. It was the message that he preached more than any other message that he taught. Everything revolves around the kingdom. Everything revolves around the kingdom. Now, I want to start with defining our terms. I'm excited about this message. The terms... I want to start with the meaning of enemy. What is an enemy? An enemy is a military adversary. A person who is actively opposing someone. A person who presents a threat to your mission territory, organization. Now, whenever you see a war that breaks out, there is an agenda on both parts of parties that are in that war. They are to oppose the other opposition in order to conquer them and possess their territory, right? Or some of the times, let's make it simple like this. We can use this illustration, and I, I, I don't want I, I just just follow me a little bit. I'm just trying to simplify this enemy kind of opposition thing. Whenever you look at a football game, we can say that there are two opposing teams. One team is trying to stop the other team from reaching its goal. And that's to get seven points or a touchdown. And we have what is called a defensive and an offense. The mission of the defense is to stop the offense from scoring. They are opposing one another's mission or assignment. <laughs> that is what the, the enemy's objective is of the kingdom of God. The enemy is anyone or anything that is actively opposing the kingdom of God. The purpose for the opposition to the kingdom of God and his message is to make it ineffective, to stop it, to hinder the progress of it, so the enemy is trying to trying to, def, uh, to, to is on defense to try to stop the progression of the kingdom of God. He is on defense trying to stop the progression of the t kingdom of God. Now, what is a kingdom? What is a kingdom, Eric? Let, let's look. Webster's define the kingdom as this. The kingdom is the realm, territory, in which God's will, purpose, plan, 
and desire is fulfilled. The kingdom is where God's will, purpose, desire is fulfilled. The word kingdom is comprised of two words, king, dome, which means king's dominion or king's domain. The kingdom is about God's reign. I'm going to simplify. It's about God's reign through his people over the earth. It is about God's reign through his people over the earth. Now, let's talk about what does that look like? We say it that the kingdom is God's will being fulfilled. The kingdom is revealed when God rules through his people. God's will, purpose, and plan or desire is manifest in the earth. Let me go to Matthew. I think this will give a prime example. Let's go to Matthew uh, chapter number four and verses 17 and 23. Verse 17 says this. I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible. This is what it says. This Isaiah prophesied. Revelation came, listen to this, revelation came to the life in Galilee the moment Jesus started preaching, he picked up where John left off. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. In other words, the scripture says that it says that repent for the kingdom of heaven is as at hand. It's saying, listen, change your direction, change the way that you're going, because God has brought hope to the earth. And that hope is the kingdom of God. That hope is the kingdom of God. Now, let's go down to verse 23 and let's look at this. From there, from there, he, talking about Jesus, went all over Galilee. He used the synagogues for meeting places and taught people the truth of God. God's kingdom was his theme. That beginning right now, they were under, listen to this, the government and not just a government, but a good government. Now, 
Jesus has preached that there is a kingdom that has come. Now Jesus is about to express or demonstrate that kingdom. Let's read further. I want you to see this. The kingdom, I'm going to say it again. The kingdom of God is God's will being manifest in, through his people into the earth. And here Jesus is in Matthew 4, 23, on down through 25, we're going to see Jesus demonstrating the kingdom. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Follow this. Here Jesus is finna demonstrate the kingdom. Here it is. Jesus did this. He said he also healed people of their diseases and of the bad effects of their bad lives. His words got around the entire Roman province of Syria. People began, people brought anybody with a sickness, whether mental, emotional, or physical. Jesus healed them one and all, more and more people came, the momentum gathered. Besides those from Galilee, crowds came from the 10 towns across the lake, others up from Jerusalem and Judea, still others from across the Jordan. Listen, when Jesus started manifesting the kingdom, which was healing people, not just physical healing, he healed emotional healings. He did uh, mental healings. See, the, I want to say this. The kingdom of God is comprehensive. In other words, the kingdom of God impacts all areas and phases of life. Jesus demonstrated a part of the kingdom when he began to heal the sick, heal those with mental disorders, heal those with uh, emotional uh, 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 sickness and disease. But Jesus, listen, he didn't stop there. In the word, because the word of God is God's will to us. Okay, so Jesus not only demonstrated where we'll see that Jesus and uh, when there was a need, check this out, for some food. And these people have been following Jesus all over the place because Jesus was preaching and they was wanting to hear the word of God. They wanted to hear about the kingdom of God because that's what he was preaching. They was enthused about hearing the, the kingdom of God and the impact that that kingdom was going to have on their lives, that they was 
crowding Jesus and they was coming to Jesus to hear what is the will of God? What is the purpose of God? What is the government of God? What is the structure of God? What is the laws of God? And he, he was preaching that. And these people were sitting there listening to it. And they were had been there all day and they're hungry. And here come Jesus says this. He says, what do you have? Ask the disciples, what do you have? Here come a display of the kingdom. They said, oh, Jesus, all we have is two fish and five loaves of bread. Two fish and five loaves of bread. They were speaking as though the two fish and the five loaves of bread were not enough. In the natural, in our eyes, when we see the two fish and five loaves, loaves of bread that it is not enough to feed 5,000 men not including women and children. But here comes Jesus. Jesus is about to show up. I'm sorry. I'm getting excited. Jesus is about to display, to express. He's about to manifest and display the kingdom of God. See, because in the kingdom of God there is no lack. In the kingdom of God there is no uh, 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 not enough. In the kingdom of God, there is always more than enough. So Jesus says, hey, to his disciples, he says, bring to, to me what you have. So here they come with the two fish, and they come here with the five loaves, the five five, uh, five loaves of bread, and they give them to Jesus, and it says that Jesus blessed them. Hallelujah. He blessed the, 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 the two fish and five loaves and the two fish and five loaves multiplied. He said, now you take those two fish and five loaves and you just breaking them off. And they broke them off. And it says, check this out. It says that everybody ate and were filled. Everybody ate and were filled. And it says that they had, what, 12 baskets left? Look here, we're talking about the kingdom of God on display in the earth. The will of God was being displayed by Jesus himself, showing us the power that's in the kingdom of God. Woo, man, I better settle down here. But anyway, let's go on down here. The kingdom of God is revealed through people whose lives are submitted to the authority of God's word. See, God can work with us and he can work through us just like he did with Jesus. If we submit to him and the authority authority of his word. I love this. See, this is what Jesus said. This is clarifying it. Remember we said that Jesus said that the Bible says and the definition of the kingdom is God's will being fulfilled in the earth. But it's fulfilled through his people. Check this out. Jesus said this, <laughs> my meat and my drink is to do the will of him. Who is he talking about? God, the father, who is the king. <laughs> He's the king of the kingdom. And Jesus is a representation of the people 
are the citizens of the kingdom. What you said? I'm, I said that God is the king of the kingdom. And Jesus was like a symbol, was like the, the representation of us, the people of God, who are the citizens of the kingdom. And he was, he was showing you the mindset and the mentality that we, the people of God, should have when it comes to us and the kingdom of God. What should it be? Our meat and our drink is to do the will of the king. My God, the, my, Jesus said, I don't do nothing but what I see my father do. I don't say nothing but what I hear my father say. What is he doing? He's showing us how people that are submitted to the authority of God and his word then make impact into the world in which they live that now because they are submitted to the kingdom, now the, the, the manifestation of the power of the kingdom can flow through them because they are yielded to the king. Not their will, but the king's will is being manifest and displayed through his people, his citizens. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, the other way the kingdom is revealed, the kingdom is revealed when God's people are an expression, listen to this, of God's nature and God's character and are governed by his policies and laws, the Bible, the Constitution. You know, some of the times when we hear the word laws, even in the body of Christ, we, 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 start, we start tensing up like something wrong with a law. But let me give you a clear understanding of what the, what the purpose of a law is so that it can, it, it can relieve you of some of that stress <laughs> that you may have when you hear the word law. Here it is. A government must have laws to maintain order and structure among its citizens. See, laws are actually to maintain order and structure. We can actually say laws are put in place to provide protection for its citizens. That's, that's, that's good. Amen. Now, the only, I, I need to say that, the only way God's kingdom can be revealed is through God's people. God's people are the key to the manifestation of God's kingdom. Hmm. So if the people, the citizens, are key, the citizens are the ones that God uses to display his kingdom. Hmm. It seems like to me 
the enemy would have enough sense to target the people because if he can hinder the people, he can hinder the kingdom. Hmm. Let's look and see who's the enemy here. First Peter 5 and 8 says this. Control. Discipline yourselves. And be careful. Alert. The devil. Your enemy. Who? The devil. Your enemy. Goes around prowling. Like a lion. He's crouched over. Seeking somebody. He can destroy. The enemy is seeking his, God's people to devour them. See, the enemy isn't always, he don't, a lot of times it's not physical. He doesn't physically devour us. He uses some other means. Why does he try to devour the people of God? We said it earlier. Because you are the key. I am the key to manifesting the kingdom, the government of God. You and I, we, we, we are the key. If the devil can destroy, distract, or hinder God's people, he can stop the promoting, the advancing, and the expanding of God's kingdom. That is the purpose and what he does is the devil uses a weapon from his arsenal. And this weapon that he used, I call, is the weapon of mass destruction. You may say, hey, Eric, what is that? What's that weapon? What, what, is, what are you talking about? The weapon of mass destruction and why? See, this weapon has harmed, hurt, stopped impeded, hindered many of God's people and it has impacted the kingdom of God. What weapon is it? It's a weapon that you're familiar with. It's a weapon that you have even been hearing about. That weapon is pride. Pride, yeah. What is pride? Pride is thinking excessively about oneself. It's being selfish and self-willed. It is thinking the worth of oneself is higher than what it really is. Pride. Pride. Well, let's look at why do, does the enemy use pride? 
And uh, I'm going to go through some things to show us how destructive pride is and how pride can really disrupt some things, destroy some things, tear some things to shred. Listen, let's look over here. Pride can cause you to lose sight of your kingdom purpose or assignment. Okay, let's look, let's look over here at Ezekiel. Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, and I'm going to be reading Ezekiel. I'm going to be reading it out of the um, Amplified Bible. And I want you to uh, pay attention to this. This, this is, and it's verse uh, 14. We're going to read 14 through 17. I want to show you uh, how the, the enemy messed up this, 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 this uh, person, messed him up. And now it's, this is what it says. And it's actually, it's talking about an angel. It's talking about an angel that is in heaven. And this scripture is pertaining to someone that we know as Lucifer. An angel. We're talking about someone that was in heaven. In God's beautiful heaven. And this is what happened to him. It says, you were the anointed cherub who covered and protected. This was, this was his assignment. This was his purpose. He covered and protected, and I place you there. This is what God said. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire, sparkling jewels, you was in you was in an elaborate place. You was you was in a in a in a beautiful place, and you was walking in that place of of great majesty and splendor. He said, "You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created." God is describing this guy as this this angel as being blameless. In all of its way, he started out blameless. Have you not seen that? People start out good, good intentions, good intentions. They, they start out with a good motive. They start out with a good intent. They want to build something glorious for God. Yeah. They start out, the ministry is, 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 is focused and, 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 and conscious and aware of just doing God's will. That's all they are thinking about. They start out blameless from the day you were created. They started out their business blameless. God, this is what you want me to do. I want to build this business for your glory. It's all about you. Help me, guide me to pl- help me to plan and, and 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 do business in a righteous way. And and they start out blameless. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna uh, handle my matters corruptly. 
They start out blameless. And then it says, until right, unrighteousness and evil were found in you. Check this out. Through the abundance of your commerce. Now, I want, I want to read this. Commerce is intercourse or social intercourse. You know, you, 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 you were in your social circle and they started telling you how wonderful you are. What a great businessman you are. What a great preacher you are. What a great teacher you are. Oh, you're such a wonderful man of God. Oh, you're such a wonderful uh, 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 business owner. Man, you're so creative. Man, I tell you, if I had your ability and talent, I tell you, I would be off the chain. Oh, you start hearing the social intercourse, the interchanging of ideas, ideas that you, you, you birth and, and you're saying these things to yourself. So you're having your own inner dialogue, how wonderful you are, your own opinions of yourself, you know, you, these sentiments that you have conjured up about yourself. And look at what happened. It says, you were in, internally filled with lawlessness and violence, and you sinned. You sinned. Therefore, I have cast you out. What? You lost your position. You got cast out. You lost your job. You lost your business. You lost your family. You got cast out as a profane and unholy thing from the mountain of God. And I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Why did he end up like this? What happened? Verse 17 tells us what happened. Your heart was proud and arrogant because of your beauty. Oh, look at me. I'm so wonderful. Look at me. I'm so smart. Look at me. Look, how, look at this business that I have built. If it wasn't for me, <laughs> you destroyed your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Now this that was that was profound. He had wisdom, but he destroyed it. What was the wisdom? The wisdom was to submit to God. The wisdom was to, to follow God. The wisdom was to honor God. The wisdom was to serve God. That's what he was created for. But he started looking at his splendor. And his pride end up costing him. Mm. See, you got to watch the inner dialogue that you have with yourself. Are you so wonderful to you? Is your are you the are you the only one right? Is it your they got to go with your idea? Oh, 
Oh, yeah. Can your, can your wife give you any advice? Hi, hey, can your children be open and, and honest with you about how you, you might be treating them? And it, it could be some truth to what they're saying, but oh, your pride won't let you hear them. Oh, wow. Oh, pride will cause you to think excessively about yourself. Let's go over here to Isaiah. We we, we getting there. Isaiah. I want to look at this Isaiah. Hmm. Pride. Man, what a destructive weapon. 14 and 11. Woo, pride. I mean, pastor been teaching on this pride thing and I'm just piggybacking off of what pastor was saying and I hopefully can, can add something here too this to kind of really help us to be on alert and really destroy this spirit of pride. See, I'm gonna gonna read this and then I'm gonna say something because I really believe this. Look, Look at verse 11, it says, it's talking about Lucifer again. It says, your pride has brought you down to shell. What brought him down? Your pride has brought you down. Look at what pride does. It'll bring you down. It'll bring whatever you build. And like I said, you can start it out for God, but you get over into that pride. You can start it out with the right motive. You can start it out with the right spirit. You can start it out with the right attitude. You can start things out with the right heart. But you got to be watchful and be be aware. The Bible says that we're not we're not uh, ignorant of the devil's devices. Well, pride is one of the devil's devices. It's a device that Satan uses. You're not so check, check, check yourself. Your, you, your marriage, your marriage. Uh, many, many of us, I, I'm not, I'm not picking, I'm not picking people that, that man, your marriage can be destroyed because of your pride. Sister, your marriage can be destroyed because of your pride. See, because pride will bring it down. With the music of your strings, under you a mattress of maggots, over you a blanket of worms. How did you come to fall from the heavens, morning star? In the King James Version, it says, Lucifer, son of the morning. How did you come to be cut to the ground, conqueror of nations? You thought to yourself, look at the self-talk, see? Here we are. Look at what he's saying to himself. Look at what he's saying to himself. 
Check out your self-talk. What are you saying? I will scale the heavens. I will. Check out that. I will. I will. I will rise my throne above God's stars. I will. I will set on the mount of the assembly. I will. Far away in the north, I will rise past the top of the clouds. I will make myself like God. <laughs> Instead, you are brought down. Look at that. To shale to the othermost depths of the pit. What is that? What are we saying? We're saying that I will. Check out that I will. I thought the kingdom of God was about God's will. See, the, the pride is selfishness. Did you recognize here? It doesn't say, but Satan, Lucifer, caused a third of angels to fall with him. Why? Because he was concerned only about I will. Not concerned about the impact it was going to have on those angels, how it was going to take them out of God's blessedness. No. It was him, you serve me to build me, make me feel good, build my kingdom. My goodness. Let's look at it. Proverbs uh, uh, talks about Proverbs 16 and 18. It says that pride goes before destruction. So we see that here, that pride brought Destruction. Pride is the root of all division. Check this out. Proverbs 13 and 10. Only by pride comes contention. When you get the contention, you get division. So only by pride comes division. Pride brings shame, disgrace, and dishonor. Proverbs 11 and 2. When pride comes, then cometh shame. Then comes disgrace. Then comes dishonor. Look at Satan. Pride caused him to dishonor God. Mmm. Mmm. Well, Eric, how do we disarm pride? How do we overcome pride so that we can continue? Because, see, I want to say this. Pride, I, the whole object of this, the whole object of this lesson is that we have to promote God's kingdom. God has an agenda. The, the kingdom of God is, is, is greatly important. Listen to what, what God Jesus said when the disciples said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, when you pray, pray our Father, 
Abba, Daddy God, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom is vitally important because it is through the kingdom, through God's will being done in the earth, God's desires being fulfilled, God's way of doing things and being right, being accomplished in the earth. What's in heaven? Peace. God wants peace in the earth. What's in heaven? Joy. God wants joy in the earth. What's in the heaven? Provision. No lack. God wants provision in the earth. No lack. What is in heaven? Unity, oneness. God's want unity and oneness in the earth. What's in the earth? Acceptance, no discrimination. God wants acceptance and no discrimination in the earth. What are you saying? See, God operates from the place of love. <sighs> Proverbs, how do you disarm? I'm about to close. How do you disarm? Uh, pride. A man's pride shall bring him low. Thank you, brother. I see we got some uh, questions and we'll try to uh, take care of those. So, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor upholds the humble in spirit. Humility is what overcomes pride. Humility disarms pride. I want to say to you, humility is when one has a right view and perspective of himself. He doesn't think too highly of himself. He doesn't think too lowly. I say that he has a God perspective of self. I'm going to say that again. He has a God perspective of self. See, God reveals and shows us who we are, really are. And when we have a God perspective of ourselves, we will view ourselves in the light in which God views us. Therefore, we won't be insecure or putting ourselves down or doing that kind of thing either. No, but we won't be so lofty and high and thinking so much of ourselves. No. Why? Because we have a God perspective of ourselves. That's humility. James 4, 7 and 8, it says, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist that devil <laughs> and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God. All of this is, all this. Submit to God is key, but to submit to God, you have to be humble to submit. Anybody that's got pride and arrogant, they're not humble. They ain't trying to submit. No, you have to be humble to submit to God. And he tells you to resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Then he says, draw nigh to God. 
God. Humble yourself in the sight of God. There we go again. That humility. And the Lord will lift you up. Look at this. Pride brings you though. Humility lifts you up. Pride brings you low. Humility lifts you up. Pride brings dishonor. Humility brings honor. Oh my goodness. Pride brings shame. Here humility brings honor. You won't be made ashamed if you humble yourself. Oh goodness. Oh goodness, this is good. Proverbs 15, 30, uh, 33 says, the disciplines of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So before, for, and before being honored, a person must be humble. There we go again. If you want to be honored, we must humble ourselves. The fear of the Lord is the basis based out of a reverential love and respect that we have for the Lord that causes us to worship him and regard him as truly awesome. Because our hearts are motivated by reverential fear, we promote his will and not promote our own. Mm. A humble person has a right perspective of himself. Therefore, he has a right perspective of God. He sees his humanity and sees God's divinity. And because of that, he understands that it is in the best interest, in his best interest, to submit to God, to submit to God's will, and thereby disarming pride. Intimacy with God is very important to disarming pride because when you come to know that God's nature is love for you, you will understand that his kingdom is about establishing good in the earth. When we don't know God's nature, we will always fight God's will. Mm. And that's something. Remember that God's kingdom is all about his will, his purpose, and plan being established in the earth for our benefit. He can only do this through you and me, his people. Resist pride. Resist pride. Disarm pride with humility, and promote the kingdom of God. Now, we have some questions I see here, and let me see. Here's a comment. Did a lot of introspection this week regarding pride and didn't like what I discovered. Well, praise the Lord. The whole thing about it is when you have a self-awareness 
of where you are. That, that's the beginning. When I'm doing introspection like yourself, sir, or ma'am or whoever, I don't know who, who put this question here, but when I do introspection, I can see, hey, what I need to change. And when I identify what I need to change, then I can go to work through the Holy Spirit, praying first, asking the Holy Spirit to help me and deliver me. See, and that's, that's, that's the kingdom at work there. See, God said that he did not leave us here, but he sent a comforter, not by ourselves. He sent a comforter. The comforter is the agent of the kingdom. My goodness. He's an agent of the kingdom that has been sent back to assist you, to, to empower you in the earth to carry out God's mandate and to transform your life. See, it is through the Holy Spirit that causes us to be able to walk out the nature and the character of God. See, we can't do it in our own strength and God the Father, he knew that. So he, he gave us the Holy Spirit to empower us to be able to fulfill the mandate of the kingdom. He didn't leave his citizens without benefits. <laughs> and one of the benefits of the kingdom is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I love it. Listen to this. Now, look at this. Look at this. Because we're seeing the kingdom here. The benefit of the kingdom is the Holy Spirit said, God said, you don't know how to pray as you ought. But the Spirit himself making intercession for you. The Holy Spirit is an agent of the kingdom of God to help assist you with being able to pray for what you don't know what to pray for to help your inabilities as a human being that you don't know how to pray. You don't have all knowledge, but the Holy Spirit, he has all knowledge. He knows all things, so he knows what to pray, when to pray, and how to pray. And a lot of times, we don't know how to pray for ourselves. But the Holy Spirit does. And he is an agent of the kingdom of God. Man, this is good. How can a person stay away from pride? Well, I think that uh, when you said stay away from pride, I, uh, the Bible talks about uh, uh, that the things that are in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. In other words, the, the, the opportunity for pride is going to always be present. But when you recognize what pride looks like and the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about, can give you a discernment. Now, I'm talking about to the, to the finest point. See, because some of the time pride comes across a little subtle. You know, it's subtle. But when you sense it to the Holy Spirit, he'll help you to recognize pride in yourself. And so you, he, what you'll be able to do, you might not stay away for, from pride, but you can deal with the pride once you uh, uh, detect the pride. The Holy Spirit, man, uh, he's he, he, he a great detector now. He's the greatest discerner. He discerns what's in the heart. See, and the word of God. Bible says that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, discerning between the, the soul and the spirit. See, the, the word comes sometimes, and many times the word comes and reveals what pride looks like, what, what, what uh, uh, lust looks like, what many, many things look like. But in this case, pride. 
just like now. I'm teaching, pastor been teaching, and many of us may not have been aware that we was operating in pride, but because of the teaching, it revealed the nature of pride. Oh my God, my God. And now we're able to combat pride so that now we can walk in humility. I hope that I know I'm making sense and walk in humility and further advance the kingdom of God. God cast pride out of heaven. There ain't no pride in heaven. He cast it out. When he cast out Satan, he cast pride out. So a lot of times, let me, let me say this. A lot of times, the, the spirit of pride is the spirit of Satan. Oh, I know that's strong. When we operate in the spirit of pride, we're assisting. We're operating in the, in the spirit of Satan. We, that's strong. But that's, that's what it is. Well, question, another question. Can a person of pride affect another person's life? Sure. Sure. Like in marriage, man, if a man, so, I mean, his wife can see that he going down the wrong path, but he ain't, I mean, she trying to submit to this man and he don't want to, he don't want to hear uh, the, the voice of wisdom because he is in pride and he thinks that what he says and what he has to say is right, but he is in error because he's not listening to the voice of wisdom or see, look at this. It says that Satan himself cast off wisdom. He cast off wisdom because he was so caught up in his own splendor. I'm right. I know what I'm talking about. You know, those kind of things. You know how we do it. I'm right. I know what I'm talking about. You can't tell me nothing. I know this is right. So you don't even be open to the, to the voice of wisdom. And it can affect your household. It can affect the finances in your house. It can affect the budget in your house. It can affect the relationship in your house. Can it have an impact? And if you're a part of that marriage, uh, uh, and you are, you're a part of that marriage union, it impacts you. A child that has a powerful parent that won't hear nothing, yes, it can impact that child. Just like pride impact those, those one-third of angels. It impacted them. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Pride can tear up something. That's what we're talking about. It can destroy a house. It can destroy a relationship. And the person, there could be a person over in, that's connected to that person that's operating in that pride that is submitted that is humble, that's trying to do things God's way, and they're impacted because they're connected to foolish pride. Comment, thank you, man of aged for this anointed teaching today. Well, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, we appreciate it. <laughs> and I think that's all of the questions and comments we have. Afraid that... Uh, uh, you were blessed today by the message. Remember, I want us to allow God to use us to expand, to advance, and promote his kingdom. God's reign, he reigns through his people. In other words, 
I'm going to say, say it again. God uses us to reveal his purpose, his plan, his intent, his will in the earth. And as we partner with God and allow ourselves to do what God is instructing us so that we can now impact the world in which we live, impact your community, impact your family, impact your business, impact your job. God wants to bring the kingdom wherever you are, wherever you are. He wants to bring the kingdom there. You are the key. Have a blessed day, and we'll talk with you another time. Bye-bye.